All right, welcome to Jetstream Live. Super excited to be here today with Patrick Kelly. He's the co-founder at Drop Commerce. Uh, we're going to be talking about drop shipping, which is something that's constantly been changing over the last five, ten years, uh, changing, growing, <laughs> shrinking, depending on what, what your opportunity <laughs> is. Uh, I want to talk about uh, drop shipping with uh, with Patrick uh, and what can be done in twenty twenty two, but. Uh, before we get into that, let's just hear a little bit from Patrick on uh, Drop Commerce, uh, this company you founded, and a little bit about yourself as well, Patrick. And thanks so much for being here. Sure, yeah, R really happy to be here, and uh, would love to introduce myself. Uh, so, Patrick, founder, co-founder of Drop Commerce, and uh, we started Drop Commerce in 2018 when we saw the kind of the current state of drop shipping. We saw apps like Oberlo, you know, owned by Shopify, that we're essentially just um, AliExpress, like direct from China dropshipping and just felt like there, there sort of had to be uh, a better option out there. And there really wasn't um, anyone out there that was exclusively focused on higher quality, like direct from the US and Canada shipments. And we just saw that space. And fortunately, um, you know, Shopify is such a great expanding market. We, we had a great business opportunity. So we've had the fortune of Witnessing over a hundred thousand uh, dropshippers wow. come come through the Drop Commerce app on Shopify, and so yeah, I think I have I have some opinions on dropshipping and uh, ideas that I can that I can share. Yeah, just just to want to fully understand Drop Commerce. So Drop Commerce is an app. So if you have a Shopify site, you can go into Shopify and add it as a as an app to your store, and then pull in products from Drop Commerce. Is it available uh, anywhere else on other platforms, or can you? Link it up to like WooCommerce, BigCommerce, these other platforms. Yeah. So Drop Commerce is actually, we started on Shopify, but we're on Wix and BigCommerce app stores okay. as well. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, pretty simple. We try our best to just make it like you open the app. There's a bunch of products or suppliers, depending on how you want to browse. And you see the actual suppliers that you're selling from and like what city they're in. And you can Google them and find their actual site. Like they're not a bunch of sketchy anonymous warehouses. They're all like real companies that actually sell products. So um, that, that part I think is, is what people like so much about drop commerce is the level of transparency. We let you communicate directly with the suppliers through the drop commerce app. So mm, we're not trying cool. to hide anything. We don't even take commission. We just want you to be successful and we want to facilitate those connections and adding a product to your Shopify store is basically just the press of a button that says import. And then it's in your store and you know, now, now you can, now you can promote it. And if you make a sale, then, you know, you're going to make some profit. So that's, yeah, the, that's cool. the idea. So you don't take a commission. How does drop commerce make money? Just, uh, just monthly subscription fees oh, okay. um, to, to the drop shippers. And we actually have a completely free plan, which after, you know, after about two or three years, looking at how the market works, seeing that, you know, a lot of drop shippers that are getting started and installing our app, they're maybe two weeks into their Shopify trial or a weekend they're just getting started. And we, we noticed that um, it was a better opportunity for us to connect with more dropshippers if we offered a plan where you can import 25 products for free and without any commitment to a paid plan. And you can actually import them and start selling. And as soon as you get a paid order, then we require you to process it. Okay. We require you to upgrade to at least our base plan, which is like $19 a month. So very affordable um, yeah, to get started. Cool. The only limitations there are, you know, just like we limit the amount of products you can 
import. But the point is, we even have a totally free plan for people to get started because we just saw that, you know, if we create that barrier right at the start before you've even had the chance to import or like try to sell, it, it just sort of aligns with our view on dropshipping and our vision, which is that selling the products is actually the hard part. Like product sourcing is an important, it's a very important uh, part of the chain. And we, we consider ourselves a tool, but it's not like a use drop commerce and you're an instant success, right? Like we, we just want to enable people to quickly get through the importing and sourcing step and get to what the meat and potatoes, as you would say, you know, the, the marketing yeah. essentially. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what in 2022 would you say are some of the best products for, for drop shipping? I think um, the way that we think about that, like we're surprised with what does sell and what, what really works and what doesn't. I think a lot of people would be surprised. For example, um, one of the best products that we've seen actually consistently sold on drop commerce are $500 solar panels, like electric solar panels. And $500 products. Yeah. (laughs) That's not what I was expecting you to say. (laughs) They're, they're large and presumably fairly heavy. However, Um, because they have somewhere between 30 and 50% margin. And I think those ones might even have more like 50. Um, I can, you know, every supplier has the, they can set what they want. It has to be at least 30% margin. Um, but the thing about that is that there's so much, because the cost is so high, the margin creates a lot of just actual dollars of profit. And so you have a lot of room to build a really great marketing campaign. You know, mm. if your customer acquisition cost is like 50 or 60 or a hundred dollars and you can actually afford that profitably that's pretty sweet whereas if you're selling a ten dollar product your entire marketing calculations and and cost per click has to be just totally different so that's one end of the spectrum the other end which i would also recommend is stuff like jewelry where it's just it's super light it's you know the the physical weight is such a relevant part of the Mm -hmm. dropshipping chain because um, you know, it shipping costs money. That's the one unavoidable thing about drop shipping. Even yeah, if you're yeah. not shipping it, somebody is shipping it. There is a cost. Yeah. The reason why AliExpress shipping is so cheap, I think is just because it's done in like massive shipping containers that you like probably, it probably takes a few weeks to actually ship it, but I'm pretty sure they, I don't have proof of this, but I'm pretty sure that the strategy for Chinese manufacturing drop shipping is like, they probably just spend like a month just like throwing stuff into a shipping container. And then finally, once it's a hundred percent full, they ship it. And so it's really, uh, really, it take a long time to get some of that stuff. But yeah, that's the problem. And, and so they offer generally free or like a dollar shipping for everything on AliExpress, but um, that's not possible if you want fast us based shipping. So we just think like the suppliers who are able to offer free shipping on drop commerce are 10, you know, they tend to be the ones with relatively physically light, products and so jewelry is great um pet products we i I Mm. just think there's something about um people love pet products are good for drop shipping because everyone loves their pets it's kind of easy to it's like almost a frivolous thing to buy like a pet toy but it seems to be easy to convince people to spend money on their pets whereas there are other things that even things that people need more but are less exciting for impulse purchases I think that's, so that's the way we think about it. It's like things that could be impulse purchases or solar panels, which are probably not impulse purchases, but like <laughs> actually providing real value for hopefully a, a pretty good price. And, you know, you build up a brand, you build your, your niche around consumer electronics. Like there's a million ways to, to do it. And so I think it's about finding the combination of your 
something that is actually unique or creating a very powerful brand around a normal product. And then yeah, also absolutely. the paid marketing side, right? Which is like what yeah. you're, you know, you, that, you know more about that than me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that that is, you know, it certainly can be challenging. And when you're talking about, you know, selling something for like $10, you know, we, we don't look at that as like, okay, we need to acquire a customer for like five because that's almost impossible to do. But we look about it like acquire a customer that's going to come back and spend $10, $10, $10, $10. But the only right. really, the cost per acquisition to acquire that customer was on, you know, a, a bunch of ads and then they actually converted. And then the next time they convert, hopefully it's from an email or they just come back to the site or they just get familiar and they're following you yeah. on various platforms. Well, you know what? what you just said actually exposes what I think is probably the biggest issue in dropshipping, which is that a lot of people are coming in with the wrong mindset and they are coming in, I guess like I've been sort of converted to just knowing how a lot of the customers think, which is incorrect. I think the idea that everything has to be the sort of wham, bam, instant sale, you know, like instant ROI. And that's really tough. If you're, if you're dealing with like high quality products with, you know, like the types of products that we offer on drop commerce, the margins are lower than AliExpress. It's, it's just true, but that you, you get what you pay for. And so if people are always only thinking about it in like a short term, get rich quick kind of way, it's almost impossible. I like, I honestly yeah. wouldn't recommend it at all to someone who is only looking to make money in the short term. Like if you're trying to build a long-term business, like dropshipping should be considered like opening a restaurant. Like it's not just something you should just be like, <laughs> it, there, there are aspects to get started that are obviously much easier. You don't need to make a hundred thousand dollar upfront investment and sign a five-year lease, but the, the sort of emotional commitment to like building a brand, building a long-term strategy, trial and error, like this is not something that happens overnight, regardless of where you get your products. And so I think what yeah. you said makes total sense, right? You shouldn't be thinking about one sale covering the entire acquisition cost of your customer. Cause that's probably really hard for most brands. You know, yeah. I have brands that I buy stuff from where I pretty much only buy it when it's 25% off. <laughs> and I love that brand. Like we're talking about brands that are like some of my favorite brands, but they just yeah. have sales throughout the year. And like they're, they probably didn't make a bunch of money on my first one or two sales, but over time they're, they're making my, that money. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think what we sh- saw maybe like 10, maybe it was even 15 years ago, uh, there, there, you know, for me, I came from the affiliate mar- marketing performance marketing space where you really are paying that you're playing that arbitrage game buy low, sell high, and it needs to yeah. happen like an instant transaction. It was very transactional. Uh, and yeah. then fast forward to, you know, 10 years later, 15 years later, and you just, you just can't look at it that way. You need to build a brand. You need to acquire customers. You need to think about average order value. You need to think about long to a lifetime value of a customer, these sorts of things. It's not that transactional in nature um, uh, game anymore. And I think, you know, for myself as an affiliate marketer, you know, I used to laugh at brand building. Oh, brand building, that's such garbage. <laughs> We're just going to focus on sales, right? It's all about the sale, sale, sale. And can we acquire yeah. that customer for less than, you know, what, what they're going to, we're going to get paid for that. Uh, and that game has just changed entirely. And I think it's actually a really good thing for marketers. I think it's better for customers. I think it's better for businesses to build that long-term future. And clients we've worked with and people we've talked to, you know, that are either building a brand today and it's tough. It's really tough. They're not making a ton of money, but they're building a brand versus the ones that have been doing it for five years, six years, and they're in a different position, but they have this foundational stronghold that's not just going to yeah. go away tomorrow. 
right? Yeah. And so they continue to buy and pay for ads, but they also have strong email campaigns. They have strong presence socially. They have a strong connection with their customer and their brand is something that you really gravitate to uh, and connect with. There's a, there's a local brand here that I mentioned a few times that I just really love is uh, Endure Apparel and they sell high performance socks with like really cool designs on them. Nice. And I just like instantly connected with that. I'm like, man, I like to, you know, everything else I wear is pretty plain and boring, but like, I want my socks to be exciting. <laughs> and so I just totally resonate with that brand to the point where I've like subscribed to get a pair of socks every month from them. <laughs> I don't need that, but I just think yeah. it's so cool. So that's right. the type of thing you have to build today. And I, I think it's totally viable to do that with drop shipping. And, you know, you, you would probably know better than, than I would, but I think that's totally viable to do. You got to build a brand and then maybe you are yeah. drop shipping and that's totally cool. Totally. That's, I think that's one of the sort of misconceptions about like building a brand with drop shipping is like whenever anyone asks me for advice, if they ever, if they do, um, they, you know, I would say, yeah, like you, you need to think about it. Like probably your best bet as a drop shipper using drop commerce or probably any app, but it, particularly with drop commerce is you, you probably, you need to pick your, your focus, right? Your niche, whatever it is, maybe it's one product, maybe it's 10 products, maybe it's a hundred within some kind of category, maybe it's home and lifestyle products. So it's not like just candles or just something, but it's, it's the, your brand and your niche is around a persona that would, you know, the same type of person who would want to buy these things. And I think that kind of leads into what you said, which is that if you're thinking about it in the long term, you're trying to build repeat business you should probably be picking a product that actually makes sense for repeat business. You know, like if you, if you could sell like, you know, you have a, like you said, even you, I mean, sock subscription is an interesting one. Um, <laughs> but it's, you know, I don't, it's funny cause I don't think about socks as like a disposable sort of like thing like that. But it, in reality, I guess like if that was your only, if those are your only socks, one pair of socks per month, that'd be pretty great. Um, but you know, you, you see people doing like coffee bean subscriptions and pet food yeah. and even like stuff like pet toys. Like I mentioned before, like that isn't technically something you would need to buy on a regular basis. Actually, maybe it is. I don't actually have any pets, so I'm speaking a bit blindly, but dogs, if they're biting their pet toys all the time, probably eventually they're going to wear through them and they're going to need more. And so even though it isn't something that's necessarily like a consumable, it's still something that has a high likelihood of you reselling you know, more products to those people. So I think I would probably be thinking about that more than anything, really. It's like, sure, you want something unique, but if you're going to pick a bunch of generic products to sell, then you need to be committed to building a brand, right? Like Absolutely. if you had a product that was super rare and unique or new and like somehow you had some great sourcing situation where you got it for really cheap and like you just thought almost just like on a basic economic level, like you have a product that would just sell really well because lots of people would want it somehow, then that's great. But that sounds really hard to find like a magic yeah. product that doesn't require, um, you know, I think that the internet is almost too saturated for that to be realistic for a goal. It's like, you know, you want to be a musician and you think that you can post a video and you'll be as famous as, as Justin Bieber was like, maybe there was a time where like that happened. And even then it's not like it really Pretty didn't rare. happen to that many people. So you might be well, the lucky person to find a product that like, and, but then you still have to be a killer marketer to get it out there. So I, I would say betting on the brand is the thing that you are in control of. And 
is that, like you said, it's a thing that can last over time. It's the thing that when you pause your ad campaign, isn't going to vaporize instantly. You know, it's, I think that that's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and we see that with, with, with campaigns as well, right? Like, to, you know, to find a drop shipping product that's just going to work is probably pretty rare, but even like building an ad campaign, like even the best marketers and best campaigns, uh, we, we know that we're going to put something up that's probably not perfect, but by putting it up and building it and, and, and shaping it and growing it and optimizing it, then we'll get to a point where it's a good campaign. It's very much like software, you know, where you launch your MVP yeah. campaign and then you iterate and improve on that. Every so often something just works, but I would say that's more like one in 25, one in 50. It's more yeah. likely that you're going to put something up that's not going to work. And so, you know, sounds like drop shipping is a little bit like that, but if you're, you know, in, in 2022, if you're not in it for the long game, you're, you're unlikely to succeed. Is that, uh, pretty correct to say that's that's my opinion i would say that you're just setting yourself up for some some sort of pain and and suffering because if you think that yeah i think you would have to be very very lucky to find instant success in the way that you think you would from watching the youtube gurus and and those kind yeah. of people i think you want to ignore as many of those people as possible and uh <laughs> and just focus <laughs> on more like traditional like that, that's the thing. I, I think of a lot of people think of dropshipping as like, it's like this big trend. It's like a thing. I just think of it as a, like, it's a utility. It's like a tool, right? It's like a wrench. Yeah. It's like, it's not, it doesn't solve, it doesn't create success for you, but it does make things easier. It's, you know, it's a great tool. It's a part of your tool kit, but to, to sort of rest on it as like dropshipping equals making lots of money online. It's like, no, just, you know, and what I would say is that, Dropshipping has many forms. Dropshipping right. through like a platform like Drop Commerce is is you know, definitely one of the easiest ways. But there are there are downsides. Obviously, every think about it like a just on a pure business level, every step of the chain that you cut out and outsource to someone else is a loss of value for you. But that's not a value. It's not necessarily a net loss. Like it's a lot of those steps are worth outsourcing. But you should, if you're taking it seriously, you should actually be really thinking about every step. Like, you know, starts with manufacturing. Probably you're not manufacturing your own product, but if you are, like you could, if you come up with a product idea, that's possible. And over time, if you had a, even if you started with something like drop commerce, where you were drop shipping other people's products, if you are trying to build a long-term brand, that's very profitable. Profitability gets a lot easier when you create your own manufacturing chain. You still don't have to physically ship it. There are solutions like, you know, the Amazon uh, fulfillment and, and a bunch of other third-party fulfillment services. So I kind of feel like my opinion is that you use platforms like drop commerce to like test products and learn. And over time, if you're really serious about it, you probably will start to venture into your own sourcing and manufacturing and, mm -hmm. and you know, cause that's where you can start to make, you can still get that super fast U S shipping, but now you've slowly taken control over more layers. That's something that only someone would do if they're planning on building a long-term business. Right. And so that is how you can totally dominate all the other people who are just hacking around trying to get rich quick because yeah. they're, they're not going to have the margins that you can have. They're not going to have the reliability. They're not even going to have the accountability, right? They're not going to be able to like actually in control of their product sourcing because they, they have decided that outsourcing every single aspect is the mm. efficient way, but like on some level, it, it's still not the, the best way. So that I would just, 
encourage people to think about really all the steps, you know, from, from manufacturing to importing to maybe the United States, if that was your market so that you can get it to a fulfillment center for fast shipping. And just like, you know, then obviously your, your marketing and stuff is kind of, it's a very important step in that chain. Um, and some people outsource that too. Right. So, you know, that's the funny thing. It's like, there's, there's, you can outsource pretty much everything. You just have to decide what is your focus and what are you going to be the best at? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, um, I definitely agree with you. Like that drop shipping is like a model, right? And so I made a post on LinkedIn saying like, is drop shipping dead? And, you know, a lot of the comments are like, of course not. I mean, drop shipping and how we think of it and how it used to be thought of like, as this, you know, sort of get rich quick kind of scheme. Yeah. That probably is gone uh, or is mostly gone, but drop shipping as a model, I don't think is going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, I don't think that it will ever. I mean, it, it just, in so many cases, it makes sense. Uh, and yeah. I've also thought about, you know, you know, when I do think about like, oh, we should start a store. I think about, okay, well, let's pull in a drop shipping product, test it out and see how it goes. And then we would look at those margins and say like, okay, if we had sourced this directly, yeah. what margins would we have? Would that then work, right? Sort of to set up right. like as an MVP, test it. And maybe in the end, it works just fine. But, but not having to like establish, you know, all the partnerships with manufacturers and do all of that work and go down this rabbit yeah. hole only to come back and find out, oh, the numbers don't work. It's probably easier to go <laughs> to something like drop yeah. commerce and pick up like, okay, well, here's this piece of jewelry. Let's test it out under sort of a different. And some of the hard parts. Very, very, you know, building a brand, which goes against what I used to say 10 years ago, 15 years ago, is that you just, you have to build a brand. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I, I just, I think that, um, you know, it's, it, it's different for everybody. And I think obviously the, the problem sure. is that, um, you know, everyone's looking for a one size fits all solution, especially if you are just kind of hearing about it and just watching videos and getting all, you know, like, every guru online is going to be really specific about some strategy or some program that they have. And I think that it's very tempting to, you know, it's just like any other, any business, like there's always going to be people trying to sell you some, some like perfect solution that just solves everything. But I think it, you know, it takes critical thought. It takes really thinking about the layers of this. And yeah, like if you can, if you can do that sort of, like MVP kind of like a lean startup approach where you pick a product, you see if there's sort of any interest in it on like on your existing site or your store or whatever you have. And then over time you can make those mathematical decisions going, okay, well, you know, we seem to have decent volume on this one. So maybe it is worth us investing a few thousand dollars to have it manufactured and, you know, shipped and and you got it. You have to do the math. It's you have to be able to go through that process, but to start with the manufacturing. Yeah, that's, that's a big risk. That's why dropshipping exists. Um, and I think it will always, it will always exist in some form. If anything, it's just going to get way cooler and more efficient over time where more brands take more responsibility for layers of the dropshipping cycle, you know, like even drop commerce at the start. Like when I was looking for opportunities to dropship, there weren't really many opportunities to sell any products that weren't from China as easily as how drop commerce offers it. And I mean, I think in 10 years, um, it will be really interesting to see what are the, what are the options available? Probably a lot more like white labeling 
opportunities as well, you know, like where it really kind of can be your brand branded products, even if you aren't actually producing them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of curious, you know, what's the future of, of, of drop commerce? Like what do you see happening maybe in 2022, but you know, what do you, what do you see beyond that? Like where, where do you think it will go? How do you think it will change? uh, Well, it's, it's been an, it's been an interesting journey um, seeing how, you know, when, when we started it, we kind of felt like we were almost a little bit early in the sense that the majority of the market still thinks that they want AliExpress low, low quality. I mean, no one wants low quality, but no. they are very, very willing to have and sell low quality stuff because they think that that's, you know, the way to make all the money. And, you know, I can't, I can't argue with some of it because it's true that the model of super high margin products where you buy a watch for $2 and sell it for like 50 bucks under a brand that makes it seem like it's worth it. I don't really morally agree with that sort of strategy because I think mm-hmm. it probably very likely results in a bunch of very disappointed customers. Like I, I ordered a watch, actually I ordered two because it was so cheap that I was like, well, why, if I'm going to wait a month and a half, I may as well just have two. This was like yeah. 10 years ago. I ordered one from AliExpress way before I was interested in drop shipping. I just heard about it and it was sort of, it looked like a, a Daniel Wellington watch, which is are the, these like $300 watches that you can buy in North America. And one of the watches literally broke the day I bought it, like the strap no ripped off. And, you know, that's the kind of, imagine if you were trying to build a real brand and that's the customer experience yeah. that your, your customer had. Like it's just, it, it's, it's just like a, it's like fast food. It's, it seems easy and cheap, but it just, it had, there are repercussions. And so um, I, I just think that the market is shifting. You know, we, we, at the start, we thought, you know what, probably in the next like five years, things are going to keep shifting toward more general demand for higher quality, more reliability. Even if it weren't about the product quality, the actual accountability and reliability in the chain, like with drop commerce, you know, we, because we deal with real companies that we trust um, who are very reliable, we are completely comfortable offering a guarantee that you don't get screwed financially. Like if, if a supplier does mess up an order, and they just go rogue and we can, or, you know, we never hear from them again, which happens in obviously very rare cases. But whenever that kind of thing happens where our client would be out of money, we just refund them directly because it happens so rarely. We can just easily afford to just guarantee that. Whereas if you're selling on AliExpress, I, I've had those issues. You don't get a reply. And if you do get a reply, it is not helpful and they're never going to give your money back probably. And it's just like it that is such a a sad part of that system. So trying to build a brand where you can't even guarantee to your customers that things are going to work out. um, You know, it's a scary, it's a scary place. So I I wouldn't be comfortable investing my time and energy building a brand around that. And that's why I built drop commerce because I looked at Oberlo and I wanted to start a store. And I thought, even if this worked financially, I don't think I could justify. I just don't think I could justify actually putting my energy into something that it seemed like it wasn't, wasn't sustainable. Yeah. And, and I think a lot about that, like the brand is the product, the product is the brand, right? Like if I resonate with this, you know, injure apparel sock brand online yeah. and I like what they post on Instagram and I like, you know, the, the, the photography and, and, you know, I like the, you know, colors and logo and the tone and voice and all those things about the brand. 
And even if I like how the socks look, but then when I get them, you know, if they had like holes in the socks or like a couple of washes <laughs> in, they like faded or something, right? Then yeah, then I'd be like, I'd be less in that brand. Yeah, I'd be less connected to the brand. And so mm -hmm. I think you know that's the thing you know for for drop shipping. That's why I said you know like I would I would make like sort of a self contained MVP under yeah. you know a different brand and kind of test it to see the metrics and see what you know people resonated with. But then I would build a different brand. <laughs> under you know sort of a different uh identity yeah. with a quality product like once i knew that hey the product was quality the people customers liked it mm -hmm. you know i i think that you you can't you can't cheap out on the product because that means cheaping out on the brand and you just can't do that mm -hmm. anymore i think you used to be able yeah. to just lap up a site and you know put you know mike's sock barn on <laughs> it.com right and yeah the way you went nobody really cared Consumers but then when they got weren't the product, as aware you yeah. know, there when drop when no one knew that dropshipping was a thing in the very let's say ten or fifteen years ago when people were just sort of secretly doing this new thing called dropshipping and like yeah I'm sure it was really powerful because everyone else who is just manufacturing and warehousing their own products has all these limitations. Meanwhile, if you found a manufacturer, but that's the thing is that the people who were doing early dropshipping were making relationships directly with manufacturers. There were probably not many middlemen in that chain. And, you know, presumably if they're working directly with the manufacturer, they're getting a pretty good price. Probably they were shipping from, uh, from China or getting products from China shipped to the U.S. and then sort of vetted and quality controlled, which I don't have anything against that model. You know, I, I, like a lot of drop commerce suppliers are like made in U.S. products, but um, we have, you know, we have suppliers that have their products manufactured in China, but then they at least take on the responsibility of importing and vetting and making sure that the branding, you know, like a, that's an important step that is, is often skipped in dropshipping. And so I actually think that the, whether drop commerce is involved in this or not, I think the future of, of dropshipping would be a platform that allows you to select a product that is designed for dropshipping, like designed or selected so that it really, really makes sense. You know, shipping costs, weight, price wise, every, every factor is like, it's a good dropshipping product on a fundamental financial level. And then you have the ability to create your brand. You have the ability to have custom attractive packaging, you know, like, mm -hmm. like your favorite brands. Like I, I can think of a few brands where when I order the product, I open the box. It feels really good. Like I, you know, I like that experience and it is part of it. It, 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 whatever, for whatever reason we connect with that and we remember it, we feel that when we're using the product, even when the packaging is long gone. Um, yeah. And I think that if you could add that layer to drop shipping, where you could have your own custom, really good, you know, really nice branded packaging and inserts, branded inserts and all those kinds right. of things, like real branding stuff while still not physically shipping it yourself. Um, and without maybe without even having to place large bulk orders to some fulfillment center. Um, you know, there are a lot of logistical challenges in there. We've looked into it um, a, a quite a lot actually. And, and uh, you know, it, it's a very interesting challenge, but somebody has to take over those layers of responsibility in order for someone else to be able to, to kind of get that value. So I, I think the future is just more of that, more of the customization, yeah. more of the branded white labeling stuff. Um, I think selling generic unbranded products without a big brand around your product is like, I, I just think people like brands and I think we're getting more sensitive to that. The idea of an unbranded 
random product it just i just assume that it's sketchy if i don't have a sense <laughs> of a brand i'm like it, the quality is probably not great yeah absolutely that, that, I think, that's I my think... assumption yeah, I think consumers are getting a little more savvy with that and understanding that, hey, if this is there isn't a brand that I resonate with around this, I'm not going to connect with it. I'm not going to trust it. Uh, and it sounds kind of like, you know, if you could if you could add a personal touch to the drop shipping where it's like, I don't yeah. physically have to put a personal touch on it. But if I could put my brand's personal touch on it and then still drop ship it, it's almost like like premium drop shipping. Yeah, right. Ex I mean, exactly. That makes a lot of sense. I think that that solves part of that brand building, um, you know, like drop shipping for people who actually want to build a brand because yeah. no matter how nice, just like you said, no matter how nice your website is and, and that whole experience up to receiving the product, if you receive a product in a clear bubble mailer unmarked, you know, with just a product inside that is yeah. not branded in any way, like that you, you, you lost it, you know, you worked so hard to that point and then you you lost the the sort yeah. of final opportunity to really seal the deal and make them feel great um and and some brands are really good at that part and yeah the ones that i you know i mean apple obviously have, have really nice packaging yeah. but that that's a lot to aspire to but there's a lot of small direct-to-consumer product brands like some shoes and things like that where like you just you know the whole experience feels great they have a great website the packaging's nice and you know i come back to those brands so yeah, it makes me think a lot about like unboxing videos and how those got so popular, right? And it's like, <laughs> there, there's part of the excitement of like, yeah, opening a package, right? Like what's in yeah. here and, and stuff. Yeah, it's but the if grand you make reveal. That, yeah, if you make that an experience, that's another way to connect with, with the company and, and the brand. So, you know, all these little things definitely uh, matter in, in the process and, and make that experience for the customer. And I think that's a big part of it too, is the experience. Sometimes I'm just happy to have stuff show up. You know, it might be like, you know, my, my body wash <laughs> shows up. It's like, oh, a package for yeah. me. It's so exciting. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter what the product is. It feels good to receive something. But if it's also, yeah. you know, yeah, no, that, it's, it's a part of it. There is some instant gratification there. Absolutely. Uh, Patrick, I, I really appreciate you, you coming on and, and uh, talking about drop commerce and talking about drop shipping and sharing all your uh, experience and advice. So uh, thanks so much. For that, where can the listeners uh, learn more about Drop Commerce? Maybe connect with you and uh, learn about what you're up to. So yeah, I mean, you know, LinkedIn is is always great if anyone's if anyone's on that on there. Um, and uh, yeah, my my new, my new company is called Frontly, which is a no code front end development software. Um, we're trying to awesome. make it easy to build apps uh, with with no code, and so that's kind of what I'm working on these days. And um, yeah, I mean, I think people can, you know, LinkedIn's great for connecting with me. Um, obviously going to dropcommerce.com, uh, is you can find drop commerce. You can, you can contact our team and, uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll help you out. Awesome. Well, well thanks again, Patrick. Really appreciate it. And, uh, uh, thanks so much for, for coming on and joining me here today. Yeah. Thank you. It was, it was a great time. Have a All good right. one. Bye for now.